no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Get ready to bear down with my boys Prez and A-Dub. Let's get, get, get it. Johnny Mitchell's in the building. You know how we do. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we continue our coverage of the Bears GM and coach search and much, much more. A-Dub, what it do, baby? Hey, man, everything is good. Good, Prez, man. Just looking forward to running later today, man. Okay, I see you. I see you. A-Dub about to get some miles in. I'm over here looking outside this window, and I see that, that sun coming through. I know it might, it's probably cold as a motherfucker outside. I ain't been out there yet. But, <laughs> but brother, I love the fact that you're trying to get the miles in, man. Keep it up. Yeah, I'm trying to, man. Got to get that cardio, baby. Yes, sir. All this. Get y'all cardio in as well. Now, A-Dub, we are going to drill down on this Bears coach and GM search. But there's been so much foolishness on the internet lately, and I just had to get on this show today, A-Dub, and get the audience just a little bit of what I've been seeing and what I've been feeling about some of the foolishness that's going on out there. First thing, Bears Nation, relax. Calm down. Due diligence is okay. We don't want them rushing and making decisions very haphazardly. That's how we ended up with Nagy and Pace. So just relax. Take a deep breath. Maybe do some cardio like A-Dub. Calm down. <laughs> the second thing, A-Dub, this got me a little bothered with this, with not the fan base on this one, but it's got me a little bothered with the media. There was a report that came out there that said that the Bears coaching job is very desirable due to our roster and the potential to trade Justin Fields. I saw that. I was like, man, if this ain't the most clickbait bullshit I've seen in my life, what in the fuck is this shit here? We ain't <laughs> trade no damn Justin Fields. What you talking about, son? Hey, man, ain't nothing but clickbait right there. Hey, that'll get some people looking at that. But you know what, dude? You lost your mind, brother. You lost your mind. He didn't get me to look at that article. I saw the source. I saw the article was behind the paywall. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm good with that. (laughs) (laughs) Because any fool that will write that the Bears could possibly trade Justin Fields less than one year after we traded valuable draft capital to get this guy, it's foolishness. It's not going to happen. Secondly, why would you do that? This guy's the future of the franchise. What are you talking about? You do not want the fans to attack that situation. So, like you said, it's all foolishness, friends. All foolishness. Ain't no way we trade Justin Fields. We feel so we're happy with that guy right now. We're good. And the second thing, if they happen to do something stupid like that, which they won't, my season tickets, they gone. They gone to the highest <laughs> bidder. Highest bidder. Y'all can have them. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm at this point in my Bears fandom that I'm really paying attention to this offseason. What they do with this GM search, the coach search, what they do in the draft. I'm really paying close attention. What they do with the upcoming free agents and some of these key guys on the team. As I said on our season finale episode, this is the one of the most important offseasons in my Bears fandom. This is a very important one, man. It's a lot going on with this team, and it starts with the GM, like you said, and the coach. We got to get that figured out right away, Perez, for sure, because, right, this could make or break some things. And I know the fans are already on edge. I'm on edge. You on the edge. You can't mess this up. Now, so Bill Polin and company in, them, in those rooms, 
ask the right questions, dig deep, do your due diligence, and get us the right set of people, which we're going to get into a little bit later on the show. Before we get there, I got to talk about a little Matt Nagy news. Now, I know audience, you guys are probably like, oh, man, why are you talking about Matt Nagy? <laughs> but listen, I saw what A-Rob had to say about Matt Nagy, and I thought, A-Dub, I want to talk to you about this, man. What do you think about this? Because what A-Rob said in his interview is that him and Matt Nagy did not speak for five months. And if I looked at what I saw out there on the field where I thought at times A-Rob looked disconnected, they weren't targeting, it looked like they weren't calling plays for him, it kind of seemed like them two weren't on the same page. You know what, Perez? That explains why the hell he didn't play as well as we want him to this upcoming season. He came into the season already on a bad note right there, right? Your relationship is not strong with the head coach, right? It's like, hey, we on Rocky. Now you want me to play? I'm not sure where we're going here. You know, so it's confusing for him. So this is the situation, audience, for any of you guys that didn't peep what Allen Robinson was saying. He basically said that Nagy had always in the past been vocal in his support of him, especially in that 2020 season when A-Rob was campaigning to get a contract. All of Chicago was saying pay A-Rob, right? We were all saying it. However, what A-Rob says is as soon as that franchise tag was placed on A-Rob, that's when things got different. And he said Matt Nagy switched up on him. See, see, right there, Perez? That's where the disconnect come in at, right? Now you don't have that same relationship with the coach that you thought you had. You got to play through a season like that. It's not right, bro. Not right at all. Yeah, he said whatever the situation was, he said things just felt different and they fell off. And we know that A-Rob was very complimentary of Matt Nagy in that 2020 season. This time around, you could just tell. A-Rob wasn't feeling it. A-Rob's had a lot of cryptic tweets. He had a lot, couple things to say on Twitter last week during those playoff games. So A-Rob's letting you know kind of how he sees this situation. And audience, it's no surprise that he probably will not be back on this team next season. You hit a good point about how his on-field look, man. And at times, you, you talked about it that it looked like A-Rob wasn't even finishing plays, man. I mean, there was times for him effort-wise where there's, there's that one play that, I, that we talked about on the show where Justin Fields got out of the pocket and was scrambling around. A-Rob a made a weak attempt on a block. It wasn't even a block attempt. Awful low figure. There's a lot of times when you look at the tape, he wasn't getting open, but he wasn't getting targeted. There was no chemistry right. between him and Justin Fields. The whole thing just stunk the holy hell, man. And when I look at the situation with A-Rob, I'm hoping that he goes somewhere and shows the NFL who he is. I tell you one thing, you're going to have a hungry player on your team, whatever team signs him. Because this guy wants to show people he can rebound from this awful season he had in 2021. I expect him to have a good year, man. No matter where he goes, you're right. He's going to be motivated. He's probably going to go to a situation where he and the head coach are probably on the same page. The sky's the limit for him wherever he goes. At the end of the day, this just was another thing that was going on behind the curtain with the Chicago Bears team this year. And, and so a lot of times we'll say that the Bears stay together as a team. But when you have internal issues like that, you don't think that people in that locker room saw that there was the awkwardness going on between A-Rob and Nagy. That type of stuff affects locker rooms. You know, A-Rob was a popular guy in the locker room. A lot of those guys publicly came out and said, pay the guy. So these are the type of things that happen behind the scenes that you don't know how it's affecting the culture, the dynamics of things that are going on. And so I'm just hoping that whatever happens here going forward in this coaching GM search, we get people in here that change that energy in the building because it can't be negative. It cannot be negative. But what this does is lets us know, Perez, that 
there may be more stuff that went on behind the scenes that we don't know about. This thing with Nagy and, and the, the, the former staff got ugly, Perez. But I'm hoping, like you said, with this new staff, new regime, maybe things can be a little bit different. Well, we'll see how that goes. But listen, when it comes to Allen Robinson, I wish the guy luck. I've had my words for him because I was just very upset with the season that he had. A-Rob's a guy that ultimate respect for him for what he's done in our community here in Chicago. His Allen Robinson Foundation has done tremendous things here in this community. Football aside, great guy, and I wish him all the best. Absolutely. Salute to you, A-Rob. All right, A-Dub, let's get into this head coaching search because there's a lot of things that are heating up right now with this search. Now, audience, you guys, again, have been seeing the things that have been going on out there. A lot of people are getting impatient. They're like asking why the Bears taking so long with this search. They're like, why is it the GM going to be hired first? And you guys heard an oppressor where McCaskey told the media that ideally he'd like to have a GM in place before hiring a coach because he would right. like that GM to aid in the process. But it doesn't look like that's going to be a case because he said if a head coach candidate jumps out, they're not going to hesitate to act to bring that head coach in first. Do you prefer to bring the head coach in first or do you prefer to bring the GM in first? I prefer the GM first, Perez, you know what I'm saying? The chain of command. You got to GM. Now it's easy to build a relationship from the interview process, et cetera, right? To have that relationship going in and not know who you're going to get at the same time. So I think really having that GM first makes a big difference. Unless they're going to hire a coach that wants more control and act as a kind of a quasi-GM. Because you, it, it, when you look at head coaches like Kyle Shanahan and the way that John Lynch works, Cal Shanahan has a little bit of authority there within that organization. And from what I've heard, the guy that I really hope to get this job, Brian Flores, he wants more control in his second go-around as head coach. We talked about it on last week's episode how in Miami, he had some differences there with the executive team. And it seems like Brian Flores wants to have a little bit more control of his destiny in his second coaching opportunity. That could be a key right there, man. Someone want to have a little bit more control. I can see that, but it still could possibly work with the GM you hired first. Now, we could. If you want somebody sooner that you see that you want the right candidate for someone else to snatch him up, I think you could go ahead and pick that um, you know, coach first. My point is just depending on the type of candidate. So if it's a Flores type of guy, maybe that's why they would be less likely to hire the GM first. I've already said, in my opinion, that I think the GM should be hired first as well. However, mm-hmm. if you have a candidate out there that you may end up giving a little bit more power to, then it may not even matter. But Right. When I'm looking at some of these candidates that they have out there, one of the names that keeps popping up on the list for a lot of people is Matt Everfluss. So that's the defensive coordinator from the Colts. That was somebody that you talked about on the last episode. And it looks like he's gearing up to get his second interview with the Bears next week. Of course, his resume speaks for itself. We saw you know, uh, how this team played you know, in the regular season. So, yeah, I think for him, good for him, man. But he is a, a, lot, uh, a reliable candidate for this particular role. I don't think that he would be a home run hire for us. But he would be somebody that would solidify what we do on defense. I think that would be something moving forward there to be cool. And as I mentioned to the audience last week, A-Dub, I prefer more of a defensive-minded head coach. I know there's a lot of people in Bears Nation, they've fallen in love with Brian Dobble, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. You saw what the mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills offense did last week in their wild card game. So Bears Nation was falling all over the place, daydreaming about Brian Dobble and Justin Fields teaming up potentially. 
Yeah, because I know people want to see Justin Fields continue to make progress for us, to progress in the right direction. They want to see Justin Fields continue to grow. And a lot of things we saw in Bears Nation, man, in the past for us, it's been about running the football and playing defense. Now it's about scoring. People want to see some scoring. But I love a defensive-minded coach, man, because um, this team is built around defense, and you got to look at your player personnel. So defense wins games, wins championships. So that's a major part of, of what we're trying to accomplish. And when you look at a guy like Dobble, I mean, I, I'm okay if that's the way that they decide to go. My preference is just getting that, a leader and someone that's going to be able to coach all levels of this team because one of the things that I've been really tired about with this ball club is just the penalties, the lack mm-hmm. of just, I don't want to say control, but just the lack of professionalism at times and just some of the things that we see on the field, some of the things that we kind of see on social media, all these different things. I want the head coach is going to come in here and have a, a sense of control over his team. And so that's why I prefer the guy like Flores, as I mentioned on the last week's episode, a guy like Harbaugh. Now, I know that he had a brief conversation with someone in the organization. I don't know what that means, A-Dub, but it's, he had a conversation. But Harbaugh's name has not, to this point, showed up on a list of potential candidates. Hmm. Harbaugh, you, you say Harbaugh was an intriguing one right there, Perez. I, mean, I wonder what Harbaugh got up his sleeve. He's really interested in that and, you know, becoming the head coach for the Bears. So it'll be good if they interview. It'll be great. That'll be great news to hear him, his name out there and see him get interviewed. But to your other point, Perez, about the fact a defensive-minded coach, coach to side, is this guy anything to do with him when it comes down to getting a defensive-minded coach? Are we concerned about coach to side? Coach Desai is uh, getting interest outside the organization for defensive coordinator spots. For me personally, I don't think getting a defensive-minded head coach has any indication on on Desai. What I honestly, in my heart of hearts, what I would like to see, I would like to see one of my defensive-minded guys, whether it's Flores, whether it's Todd Bowles, Mm -hmm. if it ends up being Jim Harbaugh, I want them to be teamed up with Vic Fangio. I want to bring Vic Fangio back here to Chicago. That defense that we had here under Vic was nice. Now, no no disrespect to the side. No, he was a disciple of Vic Fangio, but he ain't Vic. He is not Vic. That's a different breed. And so that would be, man, like my perfect scenario would be something like that. And then you pair that defensive-minded coach with Vic Fangio, and then they get one of these offensive coordinator wonder kids that work with Justin Fields, that is my home run. That's what I said on the show last week, and I'm going to continue to say that because if that's what happens, you're going to have a happy prayers over here. 2022 is going to be a very promising season for us if they follow that formula that I laid out. Perez, that's a damn good formula. But I'm also hearing you say, hey, look, we're done with your laser, right? That's what you're trying to tell me right now, Perez. We're done here, right? Who? Okay, there we go. (laughs) Fair enough, brother. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score... 
you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, new customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. I want somebody that's going to come in here and unlock just the fields. Unlock that potential. Biggest thing that we talked about for this 2021 season was the development of Justin Fields. And I don't think Justin Fields was properly developed here this season. I thought he took steps back, not because of him, but because of Matt Nagy and because of that staff that was around him, because they did not give that kid reps during the summer. They did not do that kid any favors. We cannot do that again here in season two under Justin Fields. We have to put the right people around him, the right players on this roster around him. Give Justin Fields some weapons. When I look at that offense, outside of a Darnell Mooney, where are the playmakers? He needs some dynamic players. Look at that Buffalo Bills offense that Josh Allen has. So everybody wants to talk to us about Dobble, but look at the playmakers that's on that Buffalo team. That's what makes the difference in an offense that performs well. When I was looking at that Buffalo Bills offense, A-Dub, I was just sitting there jealous as a motherfucker. I'm like, wow, that's what offense looks like? Holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, damn, it'd be nice to have that in Chicago, man. Be good to have that, man. We'll see. But A-Dub, one of the points that I had brought up earlier was this in regards to the fan base relaxing a little bit, just taking it easy as far as the pace of this coaching search. Because I think what a lot of people right now are looking at is they're seeing how the Giants are moving very quickly with their GM search. They identified that person because they want to bring that person in before hiring their next head coach because they're already on their second round of interviews. However, I want to caution Bears fans not to look at anything that the New York Giants are doing and be jealous of that. They're the New York Giants. These fuckers drafted Daniel Jones. So... (laughs) Don't worry about the New York Giants. We're going to focus on what we're doing here internally. And if they want to do their due diligence, if they want to interview 30 people, as long as these people are qualified, then go for it. Chris, I'm totally with you 100%, man. Let the Bears take their damn time with this. Let's not rush into no situations. Take your time. Like you say, do your homework. But let's take our time with that part and do this Do this shit right. I think what Bears fans are looking at is they want the Bears to be the first to make their hires. That's not going to happen because we know that these interviews are going to stretch into next week. There's still some candidates they haven't even interviewed with yet. So they're being very methodical. Like a guy like Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator for the Saints, his interview is to be determined. So they haven't even gotten there yet. My guy Todd Bowles that I talked about on the episode last week, right. he's said to be interviewed on January 22nd. Hey, let them do that, man. Take your time. These are some good candidates that you just talked about. So let them go ahead, continue interviewing, and you never know, man. We may have a diamond out here. So let's do that. Let's do that uh, leg work, that hard work, and let the franchise do what they got to do. And one more name I just thought about, too, A-Dub, Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. He's set to interview this week as well. So there's just so many candidates that they have in their pipeline. But then when you look at the type of people that they've already come in and completed interviews, Doug Peterson, A-Dub, Byron Leftwich. Nathaniel Hackett that you talked about last week. Leslie mm-hmm. Frazier, former 85 Bear, current Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator. When I look down this list, I'm like, these are some really intriguing names. It's just I have a preference for who I would like to see. 
Jim Caldwell is another one, respected yep. name in the league. He's interviewed. In addition to Brian Dobble, who we talked about earlier, your boy Matt Everfuss. So Brian Flores. Think about the names on this list, artists. They are casting Woo. a wide net. And I have no problem with that. Everywhere. I mean, you talk about diversity, background. Uh, you talking about, you know, resume. Again, I got noise with this, friends. You just brought some great names, man. It just shows you how far they're going, how far they're stretching to try to get it right. Now, one of the names that I brought up a second ago, Jim Caldwell. I actually saw a report where there were a couple other teams that had requested to meet with him, and he turned those people down. So I wondered if Jim Caldwell has some strong assurances that he may end up getting one of these positions because he's been in the Bears pipeline. He's been in the Jaguars pipeline. So it was interesting to see him turn down opportunities to interview with other teams. So that's something to keep on your, your radar, audience. Yeah, definitely keep on the radar because he did turn the Vikings down. Perez. If Caldwell turns something like that down, that tells a lot right there. I don't think it has less to do with the Vikings. I think it has more to do with the fact that he feels confident that he's going to get one of these other jobs that he's interviewed with. So um, that's kind of the way I see it. Because the same can be said for in the GM search when Ed Dodds withdrew from consideration. And a lot of people was wondering, well, what happened? Did he have a bad interview? Or did he get in there and and sit down with George and company and realize these guys don't know what the fuck they're doing? And just said, you know what, I'm not interested anymore. You don't know. That's the thing. When you see these reports, no one really knows except for the people in the room. And sometimes those fuckers don't even know either, especially <laughs> when it comes to the Bears organization. But <laughs> but my point is, when I look at a guy like Ed Dodds, who was my top candidate for the GM search, when you see that he withdrew, that one surprised me. And it also made me wonder, does he know something? Does he know that maybe there's another candidate that they're a little bit more high on? Or did he bomb his interview? You never know. But it does speak volume to see him back out. So this thing can go more than one different direction here. So we really don't know, man. But we'll just see how the chips fall, though. But yeah, it, it was kind of concerning to me just to see him like drop out. And I know for you, Jeff Ireland was somebody that you thought would be an intriguing candidate. And I know that they have met with Jeff Ireland already. I haven't seen any reporting on how that interview went. But as I mentioned on last week's episode. The guy has ties to the Bears organization. I mentioned that already. He's got a ton of experience. So for me, I'm still thinking Champ Kelly, he was my sleeper pick. He's someone that the guys on that team want, Tariq Cohen, Khalil Mack, just a a few names that have come out in support of a Champ Kelly. That bodes well for you when one of your top players on the defense, Khalil Mack, is out there publicly campaigning for you to get the job. I think that bodes well for Champ Kelly. And I tell everybody that listens to this show, he has been my sleeper pick, and he's someone to keep an eye on. Now, I was a little disappointed when Ed Dodge dropped out of the search here. But, Dave, audience, don't forget about Champ Kelly. The guy's been there. He's well-respected within that organization, and he has a really good eye for talent. And I like what you just said there, Perez, about the fact that how the players already feel about him, man. That's already a step in the right direction for him. We'll see what it's just fall with him. But you know what? Good for him that Howard had the players' respect. And then Elliot Wolf, that was another guy that I brought up. And I thought he was intriguing. Now, I don't know if he's going to get the job or not, but he did interview. Uh, I believe he interviewed a couple days ago. And as I mentioned to you guys last time, spending 13 years with the Packers, he understands that. He has the lineage. His pops was Ron Wolf. He's been in that Patriots organization. He reorganized their front office. I'm not the type of guy that when I give a name, it's because of something that someone else says. 
I'm looking at this thing objectively and thinking about, okay, what can these people do here? If Elliot Wolf has been a part of a reorg of a front office for the New England fucking Patriots, that's the type of guy that you need here in Chicago because the guy understands how franchises and, and, and front offices should be built, how they should be structured. Because we already know from listening to that presser with George, that shit that they got going on here in Chicago, that's a house of cards, man. <laughs> you hit a good point about Wolf, man. And um, I like how you said he is a sleeper press. A guy like him probably would do a good job, you know? He just do his job with action. So out of all the names that are on the list, and I know we've already had our prefaces of who we prefer, but when you look at the names that are out there, A-Dub, is there someone that you can like, all right, this guy's the favorite? I really can't tell. It's hard because I thought Flores would be a guy that do well, and I, I think he's a guy that really has a chance. So I, I thought about him, but I don't know. Man. It's hard for me to really predict right now. Yeah, but for me, obviously Flores was high on my list, Bulls, and also Harbaugh. But from a lot of the things that I'm looking at right now, and this is the reason why I brought up Jim Caldwell's name earlier. I'm wondering, because if you look at all the things that were important to George, and I'm looking at a guy like Jim Caldwell. I'm looking at a guy like Leslie Frazier. I know these are sexy picks to the fan base. These are not guys that I had on my list of preferred candidates. But these guys have a lot of those intangibles that George talked about. I'm also hearing Doug Peterson is someone that we should be keeping our eye on. So my thing is, even though they're casting this wide net, I'm happy that they're having conversations with all these people because even if it's someone that they're not looking to hire A-Dub, you're still learning about that person's philosophy, what they think that they could do with this team, what they think this team is capable of. You're learning. You're data gathering. That's what these right. interviews are about. That's a good point you thought you brought up, Fred, because I didn't think about it that way, what they could possibly learn from these interviews. So they get a lot of data, a lot of information from a lot of valuable candidates. And um, this probably can help the Bears learn what they need to do differently, right, when it comes down to player personnel moving forward. So you're right. Those are some good points, man, that I even thought about. One last name before we get out of here, Morocco Brown. Now, he's someone that's also within that Colts organization. So the point that I brought up earlier pertaining to Dodds was wondering, well, does Dodds know something? Does mm-hmm. he think that Morocco Brown is the guy that the Bears want? Is that why he backed out? I don't know. They both come from the same organization. Morocco Brown was the coach director. He is the coach director of, of college scouting. And he's someone that has a very strong eye for evaluating talent. You can't never have enough of that in the room. And in fact, we can use that in our room ASAP. We definitely can use that, Perez, because you were just talking about the wide, not that long ago, talking about the wide receivers. You're right, man. It's, it's just that. Knowing talent and seeing talent and know how to draft talent is always a key factor right there. So we'll see what happens there. And one thing to keep in mind when it comes to Brown, he's Chris Ballard's right-hand man. And as I mentioned on the previous episode, Chris Ballard is the guy that got away because we chose fucking Ryan Pace over Chris Ballard. Now look at the job that Chris Ballard has done in, in Indy. And we sit over here now in the same fucking boat again. But the fact that Morocco Brown is his right-hand man that says all you need to know. Yeah, it didn't make that. Like I said, he's saying it, and it looks like he's able to do it. Audience, we probably going to be talking about this again with you guys next week, going through the second round of candidates. But right now, we still don't know which way this thing is going to go, but it has been a lot of intriguing things that have come up into the pipeline. But I still stand firm with the fact that Brian Flores, Bowles, Todd Bowles, and outside shot of Jim Harbaugh. 
Those are my preferred. Now, however, if they decided to go with a guy like, let's say, a Jim Caldwell, I wouldn't besmirch that pick at all. I would not because that's a guy that's respected in this league. I would just want to know who he's bringing in here offensively to help get the best out of Justin Fields. That's really all I care about. When I look at this search, I want someone that's going to come in here, that's got that pedigree, they got that respect, they know what the fuck they're doing, and they're bringing in an offensive coordinator that knows how to get Justin Fields a lot because that's going to be the key to not only our success in 2022, but our success going forward as a Chicago Bears franchise. It's about both sides, man, the offense and defense, man. And you're right. The franchise quarterback, we talked about the time several times. It's about making sure that quarterback is on the right track, man, and moving forward. And again, also our defense too, man. How can we unlock this defense to be where it used to be? So uh, we'll see what happens here, Perez. Well, Bears Nation, continue to be patient. Let these guys do their due diligence. We got some really qualified names candidate-wise on these lists. We're going to continue to keep you guys updated with our thoughts on how this search is going. And we're going to continue to preach patience, relax, give these guys a shot here. I know it's hard for us because of the track record here with this organization, how they fucked us over many times. However, I'm choosing not to be jaded here, A-Dub. I'm going to be open-minded here. But this is their last shot. Y'all better get this shit right. Get it right. Because we were all running out of patience, brother. Audience, as you guys already know, our Winter Circle episode will be launching a little bit later on this afternoon. We're going to hit you guys with those divisional playoff picks. Audience, we appreciate your continued support of the show and for making us a top-tier Chicago Bears podcast. With the Bears Central, thanks for listening.